Hello and welcome to another fantastic episode of the Fantastic Mr. Podcast. I am your host, Justin Strange, with my lovely two co-hosts, Zach Briggs. Say hello, Zach. What up, everyone? And Jake Kramers, who is um, using his phone today as audio, so there's going to be an echo in the background. I don't. I, I, he says his internet went out, but I think he just got robbed or something. We forgot to pay the bill. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's even better. I'll be honest. We, for, no. we forgot to pay the bill. That was totally better than. Fault. That was that's a lot better than you getting robbed. Yeah, some listeners might be in the same boat right now. They're listening using their phone's data. Who knows? Yeah, you never know. You don't know people, Jake. You're absolutely right. I don't. <laughs> <laughs> don't know anyone. All right, so we're actually talking about TV news and news in general and how it's portrayed on screen. But I think we might actually talk about a little bit of like TV local news because we've all three worked in local news. And so That's we'll true. probably touch onto that. And uh, Jake is actually wearing his KFSM shirt today, which I is a, a news station in Northwest Arkansas. So he's sporting it. And Zach's wearing a polo and I'm wearing a Superman shirt. So I thought, um, I think Justin, Zach's wearing a polo. Channel, I am. Channel seven, which is in Little Rock, has a yeah. very similar shirt that says Super Seven. I thought you were repping the Channel seven shirt. It's in my closet. But, I, but you're just a nerd. Yeah. Well, you see that hamper behind me? Those I are do. clean. Those are clean clothes. And I just, this was on top. For people that don't know, I don't know if they said, or if you said already, he's wearing a Superman shirt. Justin is. Yeah. I'm wearing yeah. a Superman shirt. I got a Goodwill. Yeah. yeah I'm just wearing my work, the, my work attire. Dang, they got the drip of Goodwill. Yeah. I got this shirt and a Batman shirt. And it's just like the same style with, it just says Batman with a picture of Batman and it's brown. The vintage. So apparently somebody had, you know, these two shirts and donated them at the same time. And so I, it's an interesting color for a Batman shirt. Brown. Yeah. It's Brown. uh, I'm not finding it for you, but (laughs) next time, next time. Anyway, let's get to it. Zach, this is your episode. So yeah, as you kind of said, I mean, we've all worked in TV news, in fact, together at the same station in in Little Rock. uh, And absolutely. Yeah. We all, I was a reporter there and Jake, a photographer, a photojournalist and Justin, you were, you were a jack of all trades, I'd say. <laughs> yeah. Cause you don't know what I did there. You were a, pro- <laughs> a producer. <laughs> it's a lot easier just to say I'm a, a jack of all trades. I, I was a promotions producer. So I helped promote the station to get people to watch. Absolutely. Which is ironic because that's, that's the job that I wanted when I got into news business with yeah. a promotions producer. Most, most they, film, most film majors, if they have to go to news, that's kind of what they want to do because it, it's kind of the middle ground between journalism and filmmaking. Yeah. If you, if you think about it. And mm-hmm. so a lot of film people yeah. are like, well, we got to go to news. I, I might as well. Or like photographers like you, Jake, a lot of them apply for those promotions jobs. Within. Yeah, it was the closest I could get behind the camera. Yeah, as and, close and, as I can make a living while being behind the camera. Yeah, and and be able to create your own stuff. Um, it's kind of yeah. nice. Yeah, TV news is where you want to work, listeners. If you want to make loads of money. <laughs> can I can I tell you guys a story real quick? Just real quick, and then we can get onto it. I was um, leaving work, and so Channel Seven is this old building in in Little Rock in downtown Little Rock. Very old. Used to be a bank. And so it's your traditional downtown type building, very, you know, I think what four stories tall and it had a parking garage in the building and the garage, when you left, it had an automatic gate that would open. And so I was waiting for the gate. And then when I pulled out, this guy stops me and he's like, Hey, he's like, I need money, but I don't, I'm not, I promise I'm not like trying to bum money off you. I just need, my girlfriend kicked me out of the car and I just need money for the bus. That's all I need. And I said, well, how much is it? And he's, it was like a dollar 50 or something. So I was like, you know what? I have it, but I only have it in change. Is that okay? And he's like, yeah. So I was getting it out and he's like, oh man, you work here? I was like, yeah. I was like, well, what do you do? And I was like, I'm a producer. He goes, oh man, you must make like a hundred thousand a year. I was like, ha. (laughs) I was like, not even close. I was like, I make about a third of that. And it's like, not even close to a hundred thousand. He's just like, oh, I gave him his money and he ran off. That's, That's one of the largest misconceptions, the fact that the news business, particularly local news, makes money. You do not make money in the news business. Well, the news unless business you're is something unless you are a an long-time anchor, anchor yeah. or yeah. with a national news service. But yeah. if you're just if you're a grunt in the news station, you're yeah. making pennies, especially and it's starting something out that you do 
because, yeah, it's because either A, you're very passionate about the news, you actually want to tell information to your neighbors and information, or you're interested in the creation aspect of it. One of the two. You're not in it for the money. No. And well, to be honest, um, also, it's it's easier to get into the news as a filmmaker or, even, well, definitely a journalist. But as a filmmaker, it's easier to get into the news than it is almost anything else unless you create your own stuff. As far as like getting a job, like applying for a job and getting the job, the news is the easiest way to go. Does that make sense? You almost always get hired. Like if you tried to if you tried to apply with, you know, a bachelor's degree, you just got out of college bachelor's degree to a like a production studio. You most likely won't get a job unless it's like a PA. Yeah. Like a production assistant. And that's what I did with the news. Like I applied for a job as a production assistant and got it. And I was making minimum wage, had to be at work at four o'clock in the morning. I was only working part time. But so. it gets your foot in the door. But it got my foot in the door. And then a year later, a career. Yep. And then a year later, I applied for a full time position as a promotions producer. And I was making, you know, a lot. I was making double what I was making uh, as a production assistant. I mean, it still wasn't much, but I was making double. If you think about it like that, you know, <laughs> it's a lot more. But it got me it got my foot in the door and then I was able to get the job as a producer. And then um, and then it helped me actually. And I'm sorry, Zach, I know this is your episode, but it helped me get my teaching job because part of the teaching was teaching broadcast news. So it really helped me get that job, too. I wanted to start off by just naming some of the movies perhaps we both all have seen here, mm-hmm. Bruce Almighty and Anchorman. I think those are some of the more popular, more ones. popular uh, mm-hmm. movies out there that portray mm-hmm. TV news. Kind of, they're comedies, uh, but they're all they have some aspects of realism, but very exaggerated for sure. I remember seeing Bruce Almighty as a kid, and I think this was certainly before I had any ambition to become a journalist, even you know, TV news. And I had to see it like maybe two years ago. And I related to it a lot more because I'm still a news reporter uh, for a station in in Texas, in San Antonio. Uh, So it's kind of nice to see people portray reporters on TV, but then it's also kind of annoying to see some of the, I guess, exceptions and inaccuracies that (laughs) they do, especially in general, like seeing reporters with a photographer, they're trying to come across as doing a live shot, but where's the live truck? Where's their live unit? It, they're just talking uh, to no there's, one, I guess. on the street somewhere. It's amazing how your perspective changes once you're in a profession. I remember um, Groundhog's Day with Bill Murray. When I, when I watched as a kid, like the, the photographer was was a uh, comedic relief. He was just like this goofy guy. And then when I actually worked photographer, we watched it. My fam- uh, my wife's family celebrates Groundhog's Day and they, they make a whole thing out of it. They make the food and they sing songs and play games and it's really fun. And we end with watching Groundhog's Day. And so we watch Groundhog's Day and they're given to this poor photographer. And I was like, wait a second. Mm-hmm. Wait, li- no, listen to him. Listen to that man. That man is is speaking wisdom. Why That's are funny. you why are you treating him as a joke? He's the only one trying to keep this production mo- moving. Right. And you're and you're killing him. And it was really funny. I was Your like, wait a second. I think, I think there's elements yeah. of accuracy to that. Uh, I guess portrayal. I mean, I feel like some of the photographers I've worked with have this drive to want to do the best job that they can do and and sometimes the, the reporters the one that's straggling behind. Unfortunately, that is true. I've I've worked with both some I've worked with some great reporters, of which Zach, you are one of them. And I've worked with some not so great reporters. I'm, that's yeah, very I'm, much how I felt like. Some of the reporters I've worked with, I was like, all right, come on, let's get this interview. Let's let's go talk to this person. Let's get this shot. Let's go. We got a deadline. We've got things we have to do. Yeah. And they're just kind of like, oh, I just want to sit in the car and oh, you go get that stuff. And I was like, no, hey. No, yeah, the, the story you're, you're, that you're getting paid more than I am. The yeah. story that sticks out to me that Jake and I did really is when we went to somewhere in Arkansas to cover the aftermath of a tornado. I think it was, and then we did worked at some hotel. Mm, I forgot, forgot where that was, but I remember yeah. we, we us we, working together. It on was. That. Um, oh yeah, that was that was like a remote location. Yeah, I think I remember because you guys shot something. Uh, we, were for me. Like, we were up near Jonesboro, I believe. Uh, I think it was an F two or F three had just went through, 
And we probably spent an hour and a half just searching for an internet connection so that we yeah. could even just edit and, oh, man, and send things back to the studio. And we ended up we ended up spending about two and a half hours in a hotel office working off of their free Wi-Fi so that we could just edit our story and, and send it back to you and the station because otherwise there was no way that we were going to get any of this footage back in time. Yeah. yeah. I don't think a live shot would have worked with that connection. <laughs> no. But anyway, I mean, what, Justin, what movies you know, stick out to you when it comes to TV news or just journalism in general? So a movie that I thought did a pretty good job with, with TV news. I don't know if you guys have ever seen the movie Big Miracle, but it's about, um, it's based on a true story in the eighties. These wells get stuck in the ice in Alaska and a reporter reporter is up there reporter photographer is up there he's a mmj essentially he he reports and he and he he shoots everything he 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 uh, all his video he he shoots himself and he reports it in the movie he's filming something different but then he sees the wells in the distance and he did a story and it went national which means it was all over the nation <laughs> and actually <laughs> It was all over the world, so much so that they got to a point where this was when America was scared of you know, the Soviets and vice versa and whatever. And this oh, was Lord. they had to call on the Soviets for help. Was, oh, no. This and this is a, I think this movie is pretty underrated. It's directed by Ken Quapis, who worked on The Office. It stars John Krasinski and Drew Barrymore, Kristen Bell. Um, and so it's, it's a lot of actors you'll you probably will recognize. But if you've never seen it. Zach, I think you would like this movie. Very interesting movie. And I think it portrayed the the TV news aspect of it pretty well, mm. um, considering it's, you know, set in the 80s. But that's OK. Nice. Um, the, and the only reason I'm thinking of even that like that movie is because I've watched it twice this year with students. And so we watched it once because my students don't know how to turn stuff in. And the plan was to watch videos that they created in class and only like two of them did it. So we started a movie and it's Big Miracle. And then when I started teaching broadcast news in my film two class, I was like, okay, this is perfect time to teach their show this movie because it's really good. So, and then of course the other movie that portrays at least print news really well. And we talked about this earlier is all the president's men, which is a movie from the seventies with Robert Redford and Dustin Hoffman about the two reporters who uh, opened up the Watergate scandal. Yeah, I'd like to kind of elaborate on that. I think what I enjoyed about that movie was the the process journalism. They really delve into how Woodward and Bernstein researched and made yeah. the phone calls and knocked on countless people's doors to see if they wanted to talk about you know, information regarding the the cover up of you know, the Watergate scandal. It was very. Uh, intense and something i don't think maybe everyone would enjoy just because no. it, it is kind of slow and they mm -hmm. take their time during those scenes but as someone that has been in the news i could appreciate the portrayal yeah. of that process journalism right i agree like i it's not a very it's not an action-packed movie you know it's like it's like i was going to show it to my students and then i thought you know what I'm not showing this to them because they're not going to appreciate it the way <laughs> I appreciate it. And they're going to think it's boring because it's from the seventies and they, there's no action, you know, it's just, it's just literally, maybe. <laughs> it, yeah. And it's literally just them working to figure out a story. That's all it mm -hmm. is. And, and that's what I think makes it great. And another thing that, you know, and we we've talked like the cinematography in the movie is great too. It's very, you know, there's parts that are dark and parts where there's like no light and you can't see faces, but you can see them, mouths moving and stuff like that and, and so i thought that aspect of it was was pretty awesome what do you well. what do you call that shot i forgot when it was exactly it might have been when woodward was scared and coming out of the parking garage and thought he was being followed mm -hmm. I, yeah. I swear there was like a, a a zoom in like a fast zoom in like one of those yeah. traditional 80s yeah. that maybe it's 80s yeah it's called a zoom in uh, but it's like it was like a it was like a one of those exaggerated type of zooms. Yeah. I don't know. No, that's it's. I mean, it's a zoom, yeah, like it's just zooming action. in. But they just, they just do it. Yeah, they just do it kind of fast. Um, yeah, and that that's the only thing. Is, oh, it's a, it's a, it's, a, it's a crash zoom. Yeah, I, I thought that just that's just like for I mean, the time of photography. You could tell that it's a of that time. Well, yeah, uh, I enjoyed that movie also because intensity of the interaction between Woodward and Deep Throat, who was basically the, the leak from yeah. I think the FBI, who gave a bunch of information mm -hmm. to well, bits of information to help Woodward okay. and Bernstein kind of crack the case. Right. 
write the story. Yeah, that, I liked and, him. And I felt like kind of not scared, but somewhat anxious during some of those scenes, especially when Woodward thought he was being trapped. Followed. Yeah. And, and that one's that one beautiful is like just in terms of like film when he goes to Bernstein's apartment and is writing on his notebook. And I think we're being tracked or listened to. Or oh, there's a bug yeah. Or, a bug turns on the music real loud. Yeah. Classical music or something. Yeah. Yeah. He turns well, it that on was a great scene. Yeah. I liked it too. It was very, very detective-y, almost like, you know, conspiracy theory type type stuff. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That's another good, good movie. I think we talked about Spotlight oh, as well. That's a, it's a, another TV news. Talks about the you know, child or alleged mm. kitty fiddlers, child sexual predators, <laughs> yes, priests, Catholic priest, Boston Globe. I did not. I I haven't got the chance to watch all the presidents, Ben, but I have watched Spotlight. What do you think, um, think about that movie? I loved it. Um, for one, I growing up Protestant, I was unaware of the actual just how deep the the whole Catholic situation was. Right. So that was kind of mind blowing in and of itself, and. Spotlight follows the group of reporters that uncover the sex scandal of the Catholic Church, essentially how they are, or they were, maybe they still are, I don't know, moving disgraced priests and cardinals from one church to another after they after they molest children. And they were the group that initially uncovered that scandal and brought it to light. And that's a great film, great acting. It's got Mark Ruffalo, Michael Keaton, Rachel McAdams, all who do a wonderful job representing real life characters uh, sure and their journey to, to, to uh, yeah, their journey to uncover the truth. They actually brought in real people that they were playing to act as advisors so they can get mm. their character right. They threw in, they threw in very like character specific mannerisms and planning to make it very accurate to the individuals in real life. And it's a well-paced, beautifully shot film. They're able to draw the shot out for emphasis when they need it. There's some great reels of like when they're searching through the books and they're defining the names. I think it's a very good representation. That's that's not television news, but it is still journalism. Right. Absolutely. I mean, that's where journalism really came from was from the pen, the paper, the typewriter. Then came radio, then came television. That's so, typewriter. I wish we still used typewriters. I've never used one, but I'd like to get my hands on one. I really want to. They're buy loud, them. I hear. <laughs> they are. They are. I have a nice mechanical keyboard. Oh, those are loud. Yeah. Yeah. It gives kind of the same sensations. Very cathartic. Pick yeah. Spotlight. Yeah, as, I agree with the pacing of Spotlight. I think it's a movie that, especially from the modern day audiences, they could absorb and understand a little bit more and not get bored. Mm-hmm. How, compared to maybe all the president's men, which you'd have to see to really understand. But I, I think Justin, you might be able to understand what I'm trying to say. That, that the pacing of Spotlight might be more well, yeah, it's a little comfortable for, for mass, uh, mass, the masses. Yeah. Well, for newer audiences, it, yeah, probably because music's probably a little more intense and they know when to use it. Whereas you know, all the president's men. I mean, it, it's got into its moments, but like I said. For like casual moviegoers, Spotlight would be the the movie for them, you know. If we if they had to choose, unless they're you know old like we are, um, they can't because you know you gotta appreciate. You say it's more like, Spotlight is more accessible to the standard audience. Yeah, I agree. I'd say so. Yeah, yeah. for sure. Um, I, mean, I do like I, some people just really don't care about Nixon and Watergate. I mean. They didn't grow up during that time, perhaps, but I feel like well, I didn't grow up during that time. But I think it's I think it's a great story just in and itself. You know, the Watergate yeah. scandal. I mean, you got Bill Clinton and Watergate's right under it. <laughs> and perhaps some of the 2020 election stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that's true. So probably 2020. <laughs> I don't know. Bill Clinton, I think, would still be above that. But then uh, then election 2020 election and then. Yeah. Watergate. I'm sure a movie will be made of that. (laughs) There's a show called The Comey Rule. It's on, Mm -hmm. I think it's HBO Max. It's pretty fantastic. I forgot that some Irish guy plays Trump and I forgot who plays a former FBI director, but he's fantastic in in that movie. I think Jeff Daniels is in. He he plays, he plays Comey. Yeah. Yeah. Jeff Daniels. Yeah. That was a great movie or great mini series rather. Yeah. But yeah. yeah. What else sparks your interest in the portrayal of journalism in film? I think for me, you know, watching TMNT as a a, a kid, I was like, it's a news reporter and she's playing 
kind of an integral role, kind of in somewhat of a, a main character mm -hmm. type role, whereas I feel like in other movies, they're just sideline characters that you see talking about an event that's happening in the film just to mm, just carry, get that information provide, out, provide some context. Yeah. yeah. Just provide exposition. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. That's, and that's but, a good way to do it. Yeah, it is. I think they sometimes do it too much in like natural disaster films, but I mean, those type of scenes are what kind of get my, my blood yeah. flowing as well. But yeah, exactly. You're not worried about what the news reporter saying really. Yeah. But April O'Neil, I, I liked her as a which April journalist. Uh, the oh, just April and in general. Just in just in general, but I forgot the name of the the actor the actresses. Uh, did you have a favorite? Because there was two actors, right? Well, two actresses who played her. There's live action. There's there's three. Oh yeah, I haven't. Really, I, haven't Megan, I don't. I've really watched the, the newer ones. Yeah, Megan Fox <laughs> plays April and but there's there's two. Um, I, I think I liked Judy something. Um, and so she, there's one in the first, and then they they switch her in the second and the third one. They they recast, and I, I, like I kind of first one, I think. I was to say I like the I think it's Judith Hogue, I think is her name, and uh, she, um, I liked her a lot better than I liked the second one. But the second one, you know, the other yeah, they're one, fine. wasn't bad. Um, I mean, I, and I think they 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 did okay on portraying how news is kind of done. The only thing was, it's like in the cartoon. No, not in the cartoon. In the movie, like, and not just Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but any, it seems like any movie with a reporter, all the reporters are like 50 years old. Have you noticed that? 50 years old? <laughs> I'm, yeah, I'm no. exaggerating a little bit, but they're always, always a lot older than, than reporters are now. They're... I noticed like 30, that a lot 40 more years mature old. than the standard. Oh, well, yeah. Yeah, just like freaking high schoolers as well. I mean, in, in film, they're often, they look like adults. Well, I'm saying like, <laughs> like, these people are, you know, the age that they look. So there are usually, at least the movies I've seen. <laughs> like makeup. With, no, I'm telling you, like even April O'Neil is probably like 30 something years old in, in the first Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. It and, makes sense. She's in the New York market. <laughs> whatever, Zach. <laughs> well, even in like. She had to work her way up to that position. But how long did it freaking take her then? You know, well, you, these days, these days they'll take anyone. So. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Like anytime they cast a reporter in a movie, they're always 30, 40 years old. It seems like, you know, there's never young reporters in these movies because like nowadays, like you started when we were what, 20? I was 20. Yeah. As a reporter. And then these like the mask specifically in the mask, it's it's print. It's print news. Right. There's a woman that's trying to uncover something that happened in the movie, and she's like 40 years old. And then um, this lead comes about the story, and and this other reporter is going to go do it. And she's like, no, let me do it. And this reporter is like 50 years old. I'm like, what? Where, where, where are you getting these reporters from? They, they must have been there for like 30 years. Well, you if know? you think about it, I mean, back in the They've 80s, been 90s, years for this. Feel, back in the 80s and 90s, I feel like reporters and anchors the craft was i don't know it was i don't know maybe i'm just thinking and, too much but i feel like it was a lot more appreciated and it was a craft that you wanted to hone your skills in. it wasn't really all about the the instagramming the selfies on the twittering the, the tweeting i just feel like the social media has kind of destroyed what the focus of tv news or journalism should be it shouldn't be about well, that's the, all other conversation right there yeah but I feel like that kind I mean, of unfortunately detracted. It's true. Yeah, it's. I mean, it is true, and that's that's a whole other like it's a whole other conversation. That they used to have. They used to have a reality TV show called Breaking News, and it was on TLC, and it was what breaking news situations at a, a newsroom in Miami. And that's it, pretty cool. Yeah, it's, it's. I think there's some episodes on YouTube. In fact, it wouldn't last too long, but early 2000s, and you got to see the the life of a reporter, uh, and working with the photographer and they're bickering back and forth to get prepared Dang. for a live shot. I wish what's I going could on, what's going on in a newsroom, the, the yelling that's happening. So kind of what happens in uh, some newsrooms in the country today, probably. Well, I wish I would have known that a show existed. I would have showed it to my class. <laughs> you guys see bombshell? No, I never, no? I didn't watch it. Mm -mm. Okay. So there's a movie that I showed my students during while I was teaching broadcast news because I like to try to throw movies in there if I can. And it's uh, actually with Rachel McAdams um, called Morning Glory. Have you heard of it? With Harrison yeah. Ford? With Harrison Ford and Diane Keaton. And it, it's actually 
Yeah. I wouldn't say it was like, you know, this great movie, but it's not a bad movie. And it shows more behind the scenes in a news station as opposed to just, you know, focusing on anchors or focusing on, you know, reporters. It's like it shows this side of the perspective of a producer because that's yeah. what Rachel McAdams is. Is She she was a producer in at this uh, show in New Jersey. She ends up getting fired. And so she has to find a new job and she finds a job in, in New York, but it's this like crappy morning show that really nobody watches. And, you know, several producers have been in and out of that place and they can't, they can't stay because at first before Harrison Ford, it was this other guy, Ty Burrell, who plays Phil on Modern Family. But he's like this like misogynistic, you know, disgusting, sexist type guy who um, like when she fired him, the producer, Rachel McAdams fired the anchor in this movie. And I was like, that's not real. Like that's, that does not how that happens, but she straight up fire. And I think in this environment, it's like, she's an executive producer for one. And so I don't think they have that power in real life, but maybe in some markets. Yeah. For the plot, maybe some, some markets, because in this scene, she was at this morning meeting and it was showing how she handled it and she handled it really well. Like they started spitting out all these pitches to her and then she just stops and breathes and then spits out all the solutions. She sends like an intern or something to go get this, this male anchor. And he comes in there. He's like, uh, can someone tell me why I had to turn off what was a like, granny porn.com so I, to come to this? And she was just like, you're fired. And I thought that's weird that you know, a producer fired an anchor, but you know, it's a movie. So I just accepted it. And so he gets fired and she needs to find another anchor. And she ends up wrangling Harrison Ford's character who's still getting paid by this TV station, but he doesn't actually work there. He just gets, keeps getting paid. And so the loophole was that if someone offered him a position, he had to take it. So she offered a position, he had to take it. And it ended up being a nice movie, nice little bow tie ending. You will. I think I've seen it actually. It's just been several years. It's been a long time since. I hadn't thought of it until you brought it up. Yeah, I um, was searching for movies about the news. And believe it or not, a lot of movies that are about TV news and stuff are rated R. Like a lot of them. And so this is one of the only ones besides Big Miracle that I could find that was rated PG or PG-13. And so... I was like, all right, well, I'll watch this movie. And when I watched it, I was like, okay, this is fine. And so I'll let my students watch it. So it was a, it was a nice, you know, you have a, you're having a bad day. Maybe this might pick you up kind of thing. But other than that, it was like nothing really educational about it. It was just, it was kind of neat to see how screenwriters took, you know, to a producer's perspective as opposed to everyone else. Yeah. Seeing the behind the scenes. Mm -hmm. And there was a really funny thing where someone had left up the wrong graphic and on, it was like a, it was like a story about, like a, a child molester or sex, sex, whatever. And, and then it, it switched to a graphic of the Pope, but they, they didn't take the lower third down. So it still showed the Pope as a child molester. So it was, it was pretty funny. She's like, she's like sitting there. That's funny. She's sitting there and it's just like, and this reminded me of being in the control room was like, you know, producers are just sitting there. And then something happened. Yes. And they're, like, they're like, Hey, Hey, get that. Yes. And that's what she know. did. And she's I don't like, know how many times, we were we would be on a shoot somewhere because we we've got an IFB system. So whenever we go out and do live shots, everyone has headphones on, um, and you're you've either connected to your camera or connected to your phone, and you have the producer in your ear. So I don't know how many times I would be setting up a shot, or we would be waiting for us ourselves to go live, and then suddenly we would hear one of our producers just start flipping out. Yeah because something was wrong and it's this great puzzle game of connecting the Big dots yeah. and using context <laughs> clues to figure out who who effed up where and what are they doing to fix it and how does it affect us it's honestly that was one of my favorite things of <laughs> kind of maliciously was, was, that was one of my favorite things as when, when things went wrong yeah. and i just kind of I got to enjoy it as a detached persona listening in. Got to love the discrepancy reports. Well, oh my gosh. That's a whole other thing. I didn't know about those until after I became a producer. And, you know, I didn't have to write those, which a discrepancy report is a report that a news producer will write after the show for anything that went wrong so that, you know, the higher ups can, can know about it. And so some people, I didn't Some people that. omit Some people omit stuff that went wrong. 
Yeah. Some so people, yeah, some people are are very forgiving with what, with what yeah, they they're forgiving, about. and some people <laughs> are not. Yeah. <laughs> you would get to know which producers were more forgiving than others, and uh, quickly became your favorite producers. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I did the triple at the very top of the show. So it's essentially what the triple is: is it's the first video that comes on the screen, and it teases a couple of stories within the newscast. And so sometimes, whoops, I didn't get it in in time. And so you know, I'd be like, "Oh, hey, I'm really sorry." And a lot of them be like, "Oh, it's okay. We'll we'll just say that you know." Uh, it was it was Avid's fault. Avid is an editing software. It was Avid's fault. And then some of them were just like, oh, it's okay. And then totally be like, Triple did not come in today in the discrepancy <laughs> report. And then my boss is texting me next day, be like, hey, what happened to the Triple? I'm like, dude, I just didn't get it in in time. Like, I, I, I don't know what the big deal is. Like, they can survive know. without a 30-second video in there. The news. And the news starts now. The, the schedule for news is so exacting that everyone yeah, really true. has to be on the ball. And yeah. if, if one thing messes up or one person doesn't do their job correctly, it messes up the whole pipeline down the road. Yeah. And when That's I true. switched from being a photographer to an editor, I don't know how many times I would be waiting. The entire show would be done. This is after you left. Right. The entire show would be be done. And I'm literally sitting on my computer waiting for the script to come in. And it wouldn't come in until 10 minutes to show. And so at that point, I'm scrambling to try to get whatever possible into the show. And then the scripts would come out and say like, oh, I missed this or I missed that or this didn't happen. And there were a few times where I I actually had to shoot back and be like, listen, (laughs) if, if I had this 15 minutes earlier, this wouldn't have been a problem. Yeah. But yeah. it's the news, the news business, all this is to say is the news business is a very exacting pipeline that yeah. everyone has to do their part. It's not an environment where one person can pull the weight. It's not like a team project. Every single person has to do their part, has to do it correctly or messes it up for everyone. Right. Yeah. Not only that, but like live news is just like, you know, seconds. If we lose you know, 10 seconds of something that's 10 seconds. We have to figure out how to fill, Mm -hmm. you know? And so that's what I tell my students. Like we did a live show um, at, at school and it was like a two hour live show and we would have packages that are in a package is like a, a story you see on, on a new show. And we would have packages that were like eight minutes long. And so we're like sitting there and we're, you know, us on the, yeah, I know us on the behind the camera side. That's like half a show. I mean, seriously. And so I was like, the first time it happened, I was like, how long is this interview? Oh, it's a four, four and a half minutes. I'm like, four and a half minutes. I was talking to them about like what I was like, man, when I was a production assistant and we had a three minute break, like we could go do so much stuff. We could go to the bathroom, go to the vending machine. We could do all this stuff before we had to be back. And, you know, you're telling me we have six, seven, eight minute packages like I can go take a nap in my car right now if i wanted to <laughs> and so like you know you have breaks are typically how long are breaks normally like five minutes maybe they're between um three to five minutes seconds to two minutes oh god i was way off yeah so yeah. you like your breaks are you know a minute long in the news as a production assistant you have to look and see what's next and move cameras where they need to go and then as a producer you're just kind of sitting there and so when we did this live show and they're like, oh, how long is this? Oh, eight minutes. I'm like, what the crap? Like, how, how is this eight minutes long? And we're, I'm just sitting there, sitting there waiting, you know, because that's all you can do. The news, the news is Starts changing. Down. I know we are, I know we are getting on a tangent away from news films, but the well, that's news okay. industry is changing. And it's one of the reasons that I got out of it is because I felt that news has, it used to be primarily national news, but it is seeping into local news where it is becoming a platform for advertisement and commentary as opposed to the, the journalistic backbone that it has been for so long. One of the, and I'm not bad mouthing any particular station, there's a station that I work there is a station that I worked at that their morning show, like their mid morning show, has sponsor segment um, oh, beautiful and they were all like you know how to how to like de-ice your car in the winter how to make mm-hmm. sure your pet is healthy etc cetera, etc cetera. but they were essentially sponsored blocks in the middle of the show and they would go on for five or six minutes and we would have i think it was an hour-long show we would have six or seven of those in the show it was essentially the entire news box paid advertisements for these sponsors and it was the most boring content 
that I had to churn <laughs> out because it wasn't news. It was it was just two talking heads essentially doing a long-witted commercial for whoever the sponsor was. Right. Anchors and reporters are starting to play themselves in films. Yes. I oh, think yeah. that's another change that's happened in the past decade that I think is a detriment to journalism. I'm sure, Zach, you have lots to say on this subject. But yeah, yeah. I just know, yeah. particularly with the purchase of news organizations by private entities, Disney buying ABC, Jeff Bezos buying Washington Post, it makes you, it opens the reader or it opens the audience, the viewer up to doubt. Is this a legitimate news story or is this a sponsored segment? What are they putting in or omitting to satiate their sponsors? Even local news. I remember about a year ago, there was a incident that occurred in front of a, I'm going to say, undisclosed sponsor of the station. And I remember getting a call from our news director telling me, don't own the location behind it because it happened in front of one of our sponsors and they didn't want the bad press of this event happening in front of their location. Yeah. And that was one of my first tastes of the gatekeeping that is in journalism due to the sponsorship and ownership of private entities. An interesting segue to that, uh, uh, some, they provide some biting commentary on that very subject, which I was not expecting when I went to theaters uh, Zach, do you know what I'm talking about? I haven't seen Anchorman in, in ages. Anchorman. Uh, well, I, was gonna I know up. the movie overall so, has that element of satirical commentary. Yeah, yeah. I was actually going to mention Anchorman. So, too. so yeah, Anchorman one was just kind of like was just kind of a fun film. Anchorman two was surprisingly bold in their commentary on private ownership and kind of the state of journalistic integrity as it is today or as it was when the movie came out. Because essentially they satire CNN's 24-hour news service. Ron gets fired yeah. and he gets rehired for a 24-hour news service and he's like the overnight crew essentially he's mm -hmm. he's been kicked off and he's having to work like the 3 a.m shift and he pulls all of his crew in and they essentially start what today where we're used to the sensationalism of the news and kind of social commentary and general paparazzi vacation of the news <laughs> they kind of like went through that process in the movie, they were the first. They were the first newscasts to show like a car chase. They were the first yeah. newscasts to show cute puppies and kittens. Oh, Jake! Jake, I was going to mention this movie. Go ahead. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, man. <laughs> I, okay. I'm sorry. It's just I like think I, I think I'll be fine. It was to me that a I did think it was like that actually had some social commentary on I the did, state of the news. I did it think goes it was into um, gatekeeping. Yeah. Talking. Well, I, I was just saying, I did think it was pretty clever when, whenever he's like, you know, there's that car chase or whatever. And he's like, wait, put that on. And I'm like, oh my God. And like, how has nobody thought to do this in a movie? And, you know, this is, you know, this is how, like, this is that, that is, that is the stuff that, you know, attracts audiences to the news is stuff like that, you know, like car chases, OJ, like specifically. Uh, it's the one that comes to mind for me is, you know, that very slow police chase that he did on the road, um, you know, and then you have things like, <laughs> I'm like, pretty sure that's what they're. Yeah. Yeah. I would think like, maybe that's kind of what they're making fun of. And then you have like Michael Jackson's death, you know, that was a big news story. Of course, nine 11, but that was like, that was like a, a, I don't know. How old were you guys? Nine 11 was in first or second grade. I was a youngling. I was, I was, yeah, I was probably eight or nine. I think Jeez, I was 15. Anyway, you know, it's just like these are the things that, you know, there are people that keep their news on like, you know, they're doing dishes. They have the news playing in the background. But then there's these moments, these big moments where it's like 9-11. It happened in the morning, like pretty much got to school and found out this happened. And that's all we did all day. Nobody taught. Yep. We just watched the news. That's all we did. Um, so it's just one of those things. And then Michael Jackson's death, I was bartending at Olive Garden at the time. And it was just on in the background on the TV the whole time, all day long. Because there's just some things that we we need to watch on on screen, on television, television news specifically. And I what thought that, go ahead. No, I'm done. I'm done. No. Are you sure? Yeah, I'm dead. Go ahead. What are your thoughts on seeing <laughs> CNN's Anderson Cooper or Wolf Blitzer playing themselves in 
movies. It doesn't bother me. Like I, I would rather I see. Like I would rather see. I mean, I, either way, it's fine. Like, yeah, hire somebody to play an actor, or get a anchor. Or excuse me, hire somebody to play an anchor, or get an anchor to play themselves. It doesn't bother me either way. I don't think. I mean, as long as they're not like in like a Batman or something. I mean, that'd be weird and. <laughs> To see Anderson Cooper either way playing himself or someone Anderson Anderson Trooper, I don't know. (laughs) Yeah, I was gonna say I think I would rather see him play, you know, a fictionalized like character as opposed to himself in that environment in the Batman. You know, if like it'll be jarring. But see him. But in a regular movie, you know, a lot of anchors I see play themselves in movies are sportscasters. So you know, like Bob Costas and stuff. And I, I think that's like I think it's great whenever sportscasters go go play sportscasters in movies. And I, I don't know, it just for me it adds a little something. But I mean, I could see your point too, where it's like it's kind of weird. But you're also you know in the news, you enjoy the news. You know a lot about the news. It's you know, so to you, it's kind of like why the oh, heck is they? What's doing the this? benefit other than obviously exposure for CNN? Money. I guess that's it. <laughs> Money, yeah. It's just Money. very, well, very strange to me. And sometimes Wolf Blitzer does a strange I, job. Like he's better on the real thing than acting as himself. It's weird. <laughs> yeah. Like in Mission Impossible, that latest Mission Impossible movie. Yeah, Wolf Blitzer's in that one. Go ahead, Jake. Uh, I was going to say that I disagree. With you, Justin, I, I don't like it for the same reasons that I dislike news organizations being bought out by private agencies. I feel that journalists, anchors, news people in general have a certain responsibility to represent truth. That's their job is to represent and tell the truth to mm. the viewers. And when they play themselves in fictionalized stories, it leads or at least opens the door to the viewer questioning whether or not what they say in their real life is the truth. If they're able to play themselves and efficiently tell the news for this this fictionalized series of events, oh my God, Joker's terrorizing downtown. Oh my God, there's a tsunami coming. Everyone, clutch your pearls, save the children. And they go on the news (laughs) and and they tell us there's... There's swine flu that's going to kill us all. The economy is crumbling. There's this and there's that. It, I think it leads to a certain reasonable amount of doubt in the viewer. I would rather that anchors and films be played by very clearly fictionalized characters, fictional anchors. Yeah, I, I can see that. Play, than anchors playing themselves because the benefit I'd feel weird doing of them that, playing to be themselves doesn't really do anything yeah it doesn't really do anything for the viewer besides one of those recognition moments oh i recognize that individual it doesn't lend itself to the story it doesn't actually benefit the narrative it's no, just not usually a little a little recognition that the viewers have and i think the other side of that is that it can be incredibly detrimental so the small upside that a viewer gets from seeing the familiar face does not equal the potential folly of what can happen when viewers lose their trust yeah i feel like that having tv news personalities on the level of like national network stars that's what they are they're just celebrities and they're just being yanked around and put on a particular movie and Play yourself, say a few lines, and then, then more exposure for us. Yay. That's, that's what it comes down to. And at, how, at what point does it result in the audience not taking uh, what these journalists in their actual careers say or report seriously? But I don't again, yeah. who watches the news uh, in-depthly and religiously anymore other than going on Facebook and or going on YouTube watching little clips? That's another topic or certainly blooper, for another day blooper blooper reels. blooper reels people love watching though they like to see reporters uh mess up i mean they, they think a lot of us are robots and mm-hmm. don't have personalities but <laughs> some of us do some of us <laughs> ended up on those what yeah. was that channel seven yeah yeah, yeah I, uh, some people fortunately too. or unfortunately uh, they're funny to me i mean i enjoy them but that's Probably because I know what goes on, you know, in, in the news. And so to me, it's, it's a little, a little more personal. It's like, it's like watching the blooper reel for a show. You've like the office, you know, I've seen the office several, several times. So it's easier to watch a blooper reel for that because I know what they're supposed to say and what they're trying to say. And it's kind of the same with 
It's the same concept, if you will, with those blooper reels, those news ones, because it's like, I know how they're supposed to, you know, go about doing stuff and and things are how things are supposed to happen and they mess up and it's just kind of it's just kind of funny to me. You think there should be more movies about uh, TV news or maybe a different question. What kind of movie would you like to see done about, maybe for example, like a TV news station in the, in the modern era? And what type of story would you like to see? Well, you know, um, before scenario, when I was still working at Channel 7, me and uh, I remember Paris Kane, <clears throat> her and I were trying to work on a like a mockumentary type show about the news. Um, it never it was. Guess what it was called? Channel 7 News. What? Really? No. It was called <laughs> the, go- the Golden Ranch. It was called Fake News. Fake and, uh, news. Oh, yeah. I'm was, sure we'll get the right audience for that. Yeah, I'm sure. It, it was just like <laughs> it was just you know going to be like The Office, but in a news station. And so we we worked on a, like one episode, and I don't know. I just wasn't feeling it, and so I was like, all right, I, I'm going to stop this for a while. But lately, I've been thinking it'd be really cool because I'm learning how to needle felt, which if you know what that is, is essentially taking wool and stabbing it with a needle until it gets to the shape you want it and do like a stop motion news segments but with like needle felted animals interesting yeah and i thought that would be kind of cool hmm. and i even i even texted her when i was like you know it'd be kind of cool if we did this stop motion and with animals like i don't know why but i feel like animals should be involved in this <laughs> like just the fantastic mr fox but yeah the news. except for the news i mean that's that's it like, like that's what it would be it was Fantastic Mr. Fox, but you know, they were all working a news station. I'd watch it. That sounds fun. That sounds fun. Thank you. And it could still be a mockumentary. They could still do interviews. Like, I think that would still be funny. Just got to do it. I think that would just feed into the meta of it. That sounds great. I just got to do it now. How about you, Jake? What would you like to see in terms of a a movie that has journalism in it? Journalism-centric movie about the maybe the corporations taking over uh, local news and some of the, the the inner turmoil that happens in newsrooms and their disagreements against, trying to maybe push back silently against these big corporations that own a majority of the TV stations in the US honestly yeah i feel like wow. if i wanted something it would probably have to be it would probably have to be a drama and it would it would definitely have to focus on local news i feel like we've got oh my we god have a lot of movies that focus on like national news and large markets i kind of want like a drama that has to deal with local news and what involves them. justin you're freaking out what's what is it well i was just thinking um have you seen this show morning show with jennifer aniston and reese witherspoon it's not really local though like it's new york big time news but it's a good show but it's on apple tv <laughs> that's the only bad part about it i haven't seen it okay go ahead oh, I'm man, sorry. Okay. I, it just you made me you made me think about it and i was like oh my no, god I was gonna, mm-hmm. yeah i don't i don't particularly like you asked that question i have a narrative in mind but i think i would definitely like to see something that involves a local news station and that actually would actually be a really great hook of them trying to push back against, you know, the larger corporation that they're under. Um, Especially if they're being told what to say. And that's say. actually factual. Yeah. yeah. And that's actually factual because there are stations out there or we'll say media companies that have required, if you work in a news station, you are probably familiar with must runs, which is material that's created by the corporation. So if you're in Sinclair, that would be the Sinclair network or Hearst or Tegna. These are all, these are all national major media corporations that own news companies and they produce their own material in-house and they are considered must runs. The stations must run it at some point during their broadcast. But what is interesting is that they don't always give them um, the precise details on when they have to run it. They just have to run it. And so some stations that don't particularly lean in the same political space as their parent company will sometimes squadron or, or push those must runs to a very early show or a very late show. So yeah. they technically are in line with the company policy, but at the same time are able to have a bit of control over their own autonomy when it comes to what they put on air. I think that would be a very interesting. It would be. Uh, It'd have to drama. obviously maybe intensify certain things and make it more interesting, but yeah. that inner turmoil journalists battling their own judgment and ethics on what to do and but the risk of getting fired, perhaps. I mean, there's so yeah. much involved relationships shattered. I don't know. But yeah, there's, that, that'd be a, a good movie. But I don't know who would be interested in watching it. I think a lot of people would, but just like who who wants to take hold of that storyboard? <laughs> <laughs> I, I'd, I'd watch it for sure. But <laughs> well, I think, yeah, it would definitely have to be something local, something drama. Yeah, it's a reality that I think maybe many people outside of news don't 
really understand because like, still still yeah. to this day people think just because you work for abc news that they could get a hold of david muir and we're just <laughs> the, the local or the fact, affiliate <laughs> or the fact that they think that the anchors have their own makeup artists or they do yeah. their own they have someone they have their own green move when they're pampered maybe in los angeles in new york but yeah yeah you know yeah that, i don't know how many that brings me to another point with um, how i met your mother so in the show, Robin Trubatsky is a news anchor and it's like, it's so funny. Well, she starts off as a reporter and then she becomes a news anchor. And it's so funny because like in the show, she has her own makeup artist, but then she talks about how low rated the show is like her, her new show, right? She works for Metro News One in the show. And like, she talks about how their show is on early and it's always, it's really low rated and all this stuff. And I'm like, then how the heck do you have your own makeup person? How are y'all affording that? And then whenever and when she ends up working for her, it's like a bigger company as an anchor. She has her own office. She has the power to fire people and all this stuff. I'm like, <laughs> I'm like, people. I'm like, I, I don't think even in the bigger markets, anchors have their own office or have the power to fire people or give performance reviews. I think they're moving away from that cubicle esque type of environment isolation. <laughs> I, I think maybe that's maybe still reserved for news directors, but for anchors, it's more of the open space newsrooms these days. I've yeah. seen videos on YouTube of like the ABC O and O in New York and their newsrooms like an open space type. Well, of that's that's how layout. it's going to be at Channel which Seven, should, which it should the, be. Yeah, with the new building was just going to be open, not really cubicles, it was essentially tables that we were going to be at. And so Interesting. Yeah, it seems like they're kind of getting away from that. Anything else? The last thoughts, just 30 seconds each, uh, TV news in the media. I think we, movie I forgot to talk about was you know, Nightcrawler and photographer, oh. uh, Jake Gyllenhaal. I, I love that movie. And Oh, man, yeah. Perhaps we maybe, maybe we could have a, a, maybe a segment one of these days where we just talk about that movie. That'd yeah, maybe interesting. That, topic. that would be a good topic to talk about. That was a that, great movie. That's a, one of my favorite performances by Jake. Jake Gyllenhaal. Gyllenhaal. And he looks so sickly. He's kind of a strange guy in that movie. Well, yeah, sure. he's he's kind of insane. Um, yeah. That was a good movie. That's a that's a great movie. We, we 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 will have an episode about that movie. I think we should. Nightcrawler. Nightcrawler, Jake. Have you seen it with Jake no, Gyllenhaal? I need to. Yeah, watch it. We, we need I, to have an episode. I don't know how many times I've been on scene somewhere and some random person would walk up and be like so you're like the night crawler guy not even close no not not like no no sir that's not me all right we better better wrap it up uh so you guys have any final thoughts no TV okay. news i love it i'm still uh, in the business hopefully there's more movies about it though yeah um okay well we'll uh end it on that note uh if you guys <laughs> Like what you hear or didn't like what you hear, well, just hit us up at Fantastic Mr. Podcast at Twitter. What is it? Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube. Uh, OnlyFans. Yeah. OnlyFans. Let That's us coming. know. Stop. <laughs> you got to stop plugging that. People are yeah, going to believe Because people are going to think we have an OnlyFans. Um, anyway, so yeah, hit us up on there if you have any ideas of anything you want us to talk about or just want to say hey or want to say you suck, whatever, whatever you want to do. Sounds great. All right. Well, thanks for listening again for the two listeners out there. And we will see you uh, next week. Later. All right. See you guys later. Have a fantastic day.